Live from Beit Shemesh and broadcasted around the world, you are listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Nahum Kligman. Interviews and advice from Jewish entrepreneurs from around the world. Listen, learn, be Masliach. Episode 7 of the From Entrepreneur, and I am extremely excited about today's episode. I am very proud to have not only someone who I am jealous of as a profession that I wish, you know, I was doing and I wish I had thought of it, but someone who I've known pretty much his whole life, a bit younger than me. Uh, Our families are super close and somebody I uh, actually used to babysit for just a few years ago. So I want to welcome to the show my dear friend, Yosef Davis, who is the CEO and executive director of TorahAnytime.com. Yosef, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, we have known each other for a while, huh? <laughs> yes, a, a very good good while. But you you mentioned uh, that you babysat for me a few years ago. I just want to set the record straight <laughs> that I'm you know a little older than babysitting age. So it was maybe several years ago, it was, and we had good times. I remember <laughs> we, we did have good times. I was in my jammies, and uh, <laughs> you you're you really great. You know, you're amazing. You're my favorite babysitter. Ah, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, this is actually the second episode where uh, I'm interviewing somebody that uh, I babysat for back in I think episode four was it with. Uh, Tolly Klein, you know, I babysat his kids who told over a story. I don't know. I guess, uh, listen, I guess if we're still friends after all these years, you know, it's got to say something about us, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. So first of all, actually, you could probably hire, my kids could probably babysit your kids now. I mean, that's how long ago we're talking, right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So first, before we even get started, I have to tell you this crazy, crazy story because it just really, I think it will help define or frame this conversation, frame what Torah Anytime is all about. This is a true story. It just happened to us uh, a few weeks ago on, uh, I think it was uh, Yontif Lunch, Pesach. And we had some friends over that we hadn't uh, seen in a while. And they had just made Aliyah from uh, somewhere in New York. And I said to them, uh, we were just talking, and I said, what made you make Aliyah? I mean, you came, not only did you make Aliyah, but you made Aliyah like in the middle of the year. I think they came Hanukkah time. I said, who does that? Who just picks themselves up? And leave in the middle of the year, and they, some of their kids are a little bit older, and you know you have to leave their schools and get into new schools, and you know everything that goes into making aliyah. I said, "What possessed you guys?" And they told us the following story. They said that for years, and they've been married, you know, for I don't know, ten years, whatever it is. Uh, they said for years, you know, their night activity at night was to watch a movie together, and whenever they had time, you know, they really enjoyed it. That they would watch a movie, and then all of a sudden, for some reason, after years of doing this. The wife said, you know what? Let's watch a shear instead. And the husband was like, sure, you know, I'll watch a shear. And so she searched on Google for like a Torah shear or a Torah lecture. And sure enough, she came out with TorahAnytime.com. She went to the site and they found a shear that they uh, looked like they'd enjoy. And that was the last time, or I should say the night before, was the last time they ever watched a movie. They Since that time, every night has been another shear. Instead of watching a movie, they replaced it with watching a shear. And this went on for more than a year, and they just kept growing and growing more closer to Hashem, you know, redirecting their whole lifestyle until finally they couldn't take it anymore. They said, we just got to get out of here. And they learned the, uh, you know, very strong, they had a very strong passion just to leave America and to come to Israel. And they said it, it's all because of TorahAnytime.com. Wow. 
I mean, incredible. You probably heard similar stories to this. I mean, this is it's the power of Torah and, and it's the power of what you're doing. Uh, you know, you're not just putting out content and people, you know, enjoy it and look at, you know, Torah has a way of entering your neshama. And so when someone's watching one of the shiurim on TorahAnytime.com, and I know that my wife and I were, I've, you know, I've told you this in the past that we're big fans of Rev Wallerstein. I mean, you know, we love his uh, shiurim and we, you know, we often uh, watch one of his shiurs like uh, a couple times a week, you know, as our activity. And it's just this stuff that comes out of Torah, it enters your neshama. You know, you have these speakers and their Torah just, you know, you could tell their passion and it just enters you and it has an effect on you. And uh, Absolutely. I think that's really what you guys are doing. You guys are like changing people's lives. That's why we do what we do. I mean, we do what we do because we're our own biggest fans. You know, <laughs> we, we connect with what we do on such a deep level that we can't think of ever doing anything else. And uh, we're living our, you know, our yehud, you know, our soul's purpose. We really feel um, that we're deeply connected with that, with that ideal. And personally, I thank Hashem every single day, multiple times a day, because of the ability that I have to be in this position to, you know, carve my little niche in the world and to, to live out my soul's purpose. Uh, sometimes I think about it and it's, it boggles my mind, you know, that uh, we're able to have such a tremendous impact. And this has never been able to be done before in the history of all humankind. We've never had the technology. We've never had the ability to spread something so prolific to so many individuals who can benefit from it. And there's so much more we can do, but uh, we're so humbled and honored that we have the capabilities and the, the, we're in the position to uh, to provide this for the cloud and for Jews all over the world. And uh can't talk about that enough. These people, your friends, this couple that you sat with and at the table, they deserve all the credit in the world. They deserve a plaque. They should be... Uh, uh, you know, they should be put on a pedestal and they're a prime example, you know, exactly of why we do what we do. And uh, thank you so much for telling me that story. That's amazing. It gives not only me chizik, but when I tell it over to the guys, you know, the chaver, they're going to be floored as well. It's, it's tremendous. Thank you. You know what? I'm sure you've had other stories and I'm sure that there are countless stories of how a sheer that they watch in tornado time has affected their lives that you'll never hear about just because of the vast amount of listeners. So first of all, I just want to comment on something you said. You know, many of us, you know, we could go our whole life searching for what are we here for? What is our purpose? It seems like you know your purpose. And if you did this Admeavisrim, you would be the happiest guy in the world. Correct. Absolutely. That's fantastic. First of all, how many different speakers do you have on the site now? Over the years, we've recorded many, many speakers. We have over 400 on the site now. Not that we record on a regular basis, but uh, speakers that are available. Rabbis, Rebbitsons, Misters and Misses and Doctors and uh, you name it. We have over 400 speakers uh, from all different aspects of you know Orthodox Torah Judaism. Uh, we feature and we upload on a regular basis over 100 shirim every single week. Uh, wow. And that's from ranging, you know, depending on the weeks, depending Depending on when it is, there's it's from uh, about seventy to eighty uh, different speakers. So, and each one of them you set up to record, or people just recording themselves and sending the video. Well, we set up this system to uh, it's very proprietary system, uh, meaning that we have our own equipment, our own cameras. Shimon, who is the, the co-founder of TorahAnytime.com, he has a background in photography, and you know, his father actually was a, a wedding photographer and um, did video and, and audio in you know in the eighties when uh, you know the equipment was. Uh, as big as a truck, uh-huh. and uh, but that's his passion. He has a uh, besides for him having a technology background because he owned uh, computer shops, computer stores, computer repair stores, and service center. So he would actually, as a hobby on the side, um, be interested in photography and you know digital and, and video uh, videography. So he researched 
as this became clear that this was a project and something that he wanted to invest his time and energy in, he researched the best way to specifically record a shear. You know, you could record many different things, many different applications, many different ways, but specifically to record a shear, you know, what do you do when you're in a, a base medrash in Brooklyn and, uh, you know, there's people's cell phones going off and sirens in the background and, you know, and, and really what we care about is the person who's learning is who we're thinking about. Uh, call it selfish because, like I said before, we're our own biggest fans. Uh, you know, it really bothers us and it irks us when, you know, there's a great shear and it could have been recorded better. It could have been done right with the right technology, with the right equipment. And so we're very mockbit on having the shear be done as well as it possibly can be. And uh, it's also Kavada Torah. You know, we want to make sure that we're, we're putting something in, uh, in, you know, there's, you know, you, you have something that's an amazing uh, item. You want to make sure that it has a fitting uh, vessel to be able to relate it to people to, you know, to get it out to the world. And uh, that's, that's another aspect of it. But um, getting back to... So, so you know, you know what you're saying is so true because my wife and I are also were big fans of Rav Shimshon David Pinkas Zechar Tzadik of Racha, and you know, trying to get good quality of his shiurim is just like impossible. Like every time we try to listen to a shear, it was recorded so bad, you know, that it just makes the shear very hard to listen to. So, yeah. you know, I totally hear what you're saying about that. We have Shirim from Mordechai Gifters at Sal. We have, um, you know, Victor Miller's at Sal. I mean, and a lot of them, right, they were recorded. And even if you digitally remaster them, it's only as good as the original version. If there's, you know, hisses and clicks and background noise, I mean, some of that can be taken out. But uh, it wouldn't compare to how we record an average shear on, an, on a regular everyday basis today uh, with the technology that we use. I mean, 100 shears a week. I mean, how much is your database now? How many Shirim do you have up on the site? Uh, we have over, I mean, it's, uh, as far as information, it's over 25 terabytes of information that we host and stream. Uh, and it's uh, over 40,000 shirim. And like I said, it's growing by, uh, we upload and originally record and upload over 100 every single week. So we look 40, at recording shirim. 40,000 shirim. That's insane. And the number keeps growing, keeps growing, keeps growing. And each one of them, uh, we, you know, we hold dear. We know it's uh, spreading word of Hashem, and uh, that's our passion. That's our core of what we, you know, what we do. How many people would you say listen to us here, uh, you know, on a weekly basis or a month? I could tell you the stats. I'm actually looking at the, up the, you know, analytics and the stats for the last month. We had uh, over um, 397,000 page views, which uh, doesn't equal users, but it's reasonable to look at the analytics and drill down to know that 40,000 thousand unique visits were people that people came to the site in the last month uh, and uh, over a hundred thousand uh, repeat visits so uh, there's at least uh, forty thousand new users that are coming you know to the site every single month new fresh IP addresses uh, and then anybody who's a return you know visitor might visit two or three times but that's who we're impacting so you're now. Having over, you have over a hundred and forty thousand people a month coming to the site listening to Shurim. Safe to say, yeah. And from also 158 countries as just in the last month. hundred. So. This is last month from 158 different countries? You've had Correct. People? Wow. You're bigger than Chabad. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, Chabad is uh, amazing in their own right. I mean, but... Uh, I mean, how we, many hours of that a year is being learned? I mean... So we spread uh, over 4 million hours of Torah learning every single year. That's our humble calculations. Are, are We're lowering the numbers from what's, uh, you know, but we can safely. million. Can you know, that's just mind boggling. 4 million hours a year of Torah is being learned through your site. Oh, Hashem. See, that's why I started. I said, I'm jealous. I wish, (laughs) I mean, this is just a fantastic, unbelievable idea. And it's just affecting so many people. The numbers are, are staggering, but you're, it seems like you're just getting started. Like, how, first, let's, let's tell our listeners 
How did you get started? How did the whole process get started? Who came up with the idea? And you know, when did it begin? Sure. Nahum, you're 100% right when you say that we're just getting started. It's the, the complete truth is that everything that we've accomplished up till now, it's a drop in a big bucket of what we're able to accomplish. And just a little background and history on how we got started was that uh, uh, Shimon, who I mentioned before, and his brother, Reuven, um, yeah, their, their names actually are Reuven and Shimon. And uh, <laughs> what's even uh, you know more Siata uh, Dishmaya, that their father's name is Yaakov. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm a Yosef, and we have a Levi, and we have a Yehuda, and, uh, you know, we're working on the <laughs> Shvatim, little by little, we're, we're getting there. But the way it got started was that, uh, you know, their family, uh, Reuven and Shimon, um, Shimon and Reuven, I should say, Shimon's older, they came from uh, from Uzbekistan. You know, they came over, they grew up in Forest Hills, Queens, and, you know, they uh, attended secular, you know, public school. But little by little... They actually, they were born in Uzbekistan? Their family came over from Uzbekistan, and they were they were born in the states. So they were born and raised here. But uh, you know the culture is very much alive. The uh, you know the Iron Curtain, uh, Russia, everybody was affected, and there was a mass uh, you know exodus as many Jews that could get out. Um, you know settled in areas like uh, Forest Hills. Arizona has a very big uh, Uzbekistani community, and it's a tremendous uh, part of of Judaism. You know there's a incredible culture that they have in the background, and is it's amazing. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, the influence they had was from a rabbi. His name was. Rabbi Deutscher, and uh, he had a school called Yeshiva Primary that uh, had a program where they would take kids from public school and they would, uh, you know, just like uh, you have, uh, you know, like a Hebrew high school. uh, It was probably, it was much like an NCSY program that they would actually get their parents to sign off on and they would pull them out of public school and bring them to this program for about two hours, a few times a week. And they would, you know, just imbue and instill in them uh, Jewish characteristics and teach them, you know, Yadut and, uh, you know, it could be simple as the alphabet leading to, you know, talking about the and you know basic mm-hmm. Jewish knowledge, and they would uh, be able to teach them about their heritage and you know where they came from, and you know give them a little uh, spark that um, who knew what would have come of it. So um, Shimon continued on and uh, went to it was in Forest Hills High, but he would be connected with a place called uh, Beth Gavriel, which is a community center, fantastic place in uh, in Forest Hills, and they would have regular shirim uh, there. You know people speakers like Rabbi Mordechai Becher would come in and give presentations. Rabbi Yossi Mizrahi, uh, you know, would be regulars. Rabbi Pesach Kron, you know, would be you know there are speakers that are in the area, and he would come and he would listen, and it would shake him up. It would not only inspire him and get him all you know riled up, but he felt that he could not keep this to himself. You know, it wasn't able to be contained. He he just needed to get this out to people he knew his friends, his family. You know, when he li- sat into a shear and he listened to something that he felt was such a life changing experience for him. Right. Um, as we know, when we li- hear a really good shear that that just happens to us and we have to tell our friends you know I had this incredible experience you have to hear this and you have to give over the Torah you know it was the same situation that uh, he went to he thought of the best way he could do that he got a uh, video camera his parents um, Shimon's parents gave him the first video camera he used it uh, he asked the rabbi if you can record the rabbi said sure no problem and um, he made the recording he used to spread it out to his friends and his family when was this by the way how many years ago what did we talk this is 2006 2006. Since 2006. And back then, you know, he had a lot of friends and family that they wouldn't feel comfortable sitting in a shul or even being in a shul environment. You know, they, they it wouldn't happen. So he actually played it for them, you know, brought it to their houses, made copies. It's a very local, very, you know, uh, friends and family type thing. And he saw huge results. I mean, he saw people uh, would, would listen, you know, people he knew, people from his community, and uh, he would see real changes in them. And he realized the power that the Torah and specifically spreading it in this way had on the group of people that he was 
was spreading it too. Uh, and from there, you know, uh, Ruben, uh, Shimon's brother, he took an, he took a course. Um, he was he was always in IT and you know information technology, and uh, he took a, a, a internet course, basic HTML, you know, how to put up a, slap up a web page, put it online. Um, he created one. Uh, looked for a bunch of uh, you know different domain names. Uh, Torinitan was like the ninth choice. Everything else was taken. <laughs> so that's in a more Seattle dish Maya about how the name came about. And uh, you know, and, and he put it up. And before long, you know, emails were coming in uh, from people in various locations all around the world, almost demanding that this be done more and that they get more cameras. And you know, nobody <laughs> wanted to put up money or give um, you know manpower to do it. But they would, they, you know, they would send an email saying. Gotta get more. This is incredible. This is my lifeline. I live in uh, in New Zealand, and I'm listening to Torah Shirim I've never had before. The closest uh, Jewish community is the Chabad, and it's uh, you know 250 miles away. I get there like once a year, and this is my lifeline. I love this. I've never been able to connect with my heritage this way. You know, we got uh, emails from places in Africa where you know Jews were there, and people in, in uh, doing kosher supervision in China, uh, business people who travel all the time all around the world. I mean, you name it. Uh, we saw there was a real need for this, and so that was where. Uh, the impetus, the really the drive came to build out uh, more of an organization. And, and we would never imagine at the time that uh, it would grow into what it is today. But uh, I mean, where well, did you come to the picture? So Shimon was recording and spreading it. And then he got Ruvain to use his IT to put up a site and to start spreading it. And then how did you meet these guys? Uh, and how did you get involved? So in, in late 2006, early 2007 is when the website was constructed and put up and, you know, about uh, 20, 30 recordings. I was serving in the Israeli army. Uh, I was uh, actually a sharpshooter in the Shimshon unit. I was uh, stationed down in, in Gaza. Uh, I went through some decently intense situations. And when I finished, I just wanted to, you know, come back home, uh, catch my breath, uh, home being, you know, in America and New Jersey where my family lived and, you know, just give them a hug, let them know everything's okay. Okay, all right, Pasek, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And you know, I just wanted to, to let him know that everything was uh, was all right, and I'm I'm good, and you know, and, and kind of get my bearings. Uh, it was a big transition to be you know in the military and then to be back as a civilian. Uh, it's kind of like you have this whole world, and then it, all of a sudden, you know, it, it's gone. And uh, so it was like a reacclimation process for me. Interesting. And I really had to decide, you know, what was going to be the next move, what was going to be the next step in my life. I had already done, you know, some incredible things up till then, and uh, I felt so grateful for the experience. But you know, I had to decide, you know, what was next. So I uh, had a, uh, you know, the, the conversation with with my mom, and I said, Ima, you know, what should I do with my life now? You know, I'm finished with the military. I did my service. Uh, you know, I, I want to, you know, do something in the future. Reaching out for advice, you know, and, and she didn't bat an eyelash. She didn't even take a breath. She says. Go to college, get a job. <laughs> so I, I said to her, I said to her, both? <laughs> and and she, she just looked at me, you know, the, the motherly look of, yes, both. So uh, before long, I was uh, I was uh, enrolled in, uh, in Turo College, you know, Landers in Queens. I had a bunch of buddies uh, that I was in yeshiva with in, uh, in Israel before I was in the military. That, uh, you say again? Which yeshiva in Israel did you go to? First, I started at an Orsameach. Oh, wow. Love or Sameach, amazing, amazing institution. And then I was in the Boston Rebbe, actually, as a yeshiva. In, it's a kolel slash yeshiva in Harnof. And uh, I learned there for a little bit. And uh, from there, I went to a place called Machon Meir, which is uh, right around the corner from Mer Kazarav. And uh, it's a phenomenal place. Rav Dov Begun, he's the, uh, the Rosh Yeshiva there. And uh, it was a great experience. And that was my jump-off point to uh, you know to get into the military. Once I was uh, you know, learning there for a little while, I knew I wanted to do something shaveh, you know, so something you real. So you were in Toro with some of your old yeshiva guy 
friend. Right, fast forwarding to the future, right? So yeah. in Turo, I was learning my Rebbe, my Rav, when I met him when I came back to Queens, was uh, Rav Noach Isaac Obaum, and he still is to this day. Oh, sure. Uh, he's, he's huge. So he would come, and we were a ragtag group of guys, you know? We were just <laughs> on our path, you know, doing our thing. We were, you know, learning and, and just, uh, we have, you know, good neshamas, good-hearted people, but we had a friend who created, he created this, uh, it was a learning group slash uh, yeshiva in Rabbi Obaum Shul. His, you know, his family was uh, part of the Kahila for as long as anybody can remember. And, you know, he decided to bring his group of friends together and, you know, and get them together in the back of the shul. Uh, his name is Yisrael Mordowitz. And uh, he did an amazing thing. You know, he, he got funding and got pizza on Tuesdays and, uh, you know, different speakers wow. to come in. And, and the Rav, you know, took us under his wing like we were his own children. And it still treats wow. us like that to this day. Incredible. Yeah. And he would take time from his, you know, we knew what was, you know, from his schedule and, and how there were so many demands on his time, but he would take time out of his busy schedule and he would come specifically before the Chagim and he would give us uh, these little, you know, varts and drushes and, you know, speak to us and uh, impart wisdom, knowledge and, and uh, give us, you know, time and attention. And we, we felt so, uh, you know, so connected and so so special that he would that he would do that. And, you know, we looked at ourselves as uh, we're kind of like intruding in the back of the show, like taking up a table <laughs> and learning. And he looked at it as like, you guys are amazing. You're, you're coming and learning Torah and he gave us this whole new perspective on us, on who we were, and, and uh, it gave us a lot of energy, a lot of power. And uh, that's actually where I met Shimon. He came one day. He had a camera. I was, you know, wondering how he even found out about the shear. But it turns out one of our friends was connected with the computer store that he had around the corner and had mentioned that Rabbi Olam was giving a shear. You know, if he wanted to pop in and you know and do his thing, and then you know go for it. So he did. And I remember uh, speaking to him after the shear. That was a life changing conversation. And uh, I said to him, you know, what's this project you have going on? And, and uh, you know, it just said to him, do you need some help? I have some time during the day. You know, I have a couple jobs going on and then going to school. But, uh, you know, I have a few hours. I would love to come help out. Do you need any help? He said, please. He, you know, he was doing the work of three people at least by himself, you know, and, and it was running him, uh, there's only so long he could keep that up and right. uh, so Hashem, I was able to come in and invest, you know, my, my energy into thinking like how we can you know, create operations. I mean this is a time we weren't even, you know, a 501c3, we weren't incorporated as a non-profit organization, we didn't have any any type of status or, or funding or you know, whatever funding was, was very, you know from friends and family, um, very close and just to keep things running and keep things going. Um, nobody was taking any type of salary. Nobody was, uh, you know, doing any work that uh, required, you know, anything more than ju- just blood, sweat and tears, you know, passion and time and, you know, putting in and, and knowing what the cause was, which was to get as much Torah out to the world, as much quality, true Torah out to the world as, as possible. And uh, so from there, that's, I mean, that was my involvement. That was in, uh, you know, in 2007 and, uh, you know, wow. years later, still with it, never left it, uh, always been connected and uh, in one capacity or another. But, you know, we went through a lot of, you know, as any organization, does a business organization uh, goes through it's it's a growing entity you know sure. it's like a baby that uh, goes into its you know through its phases and yeah as of now we uh, you know looking back it's just a tremendous journey so what, what an amazing ride so have you know why don't you share with us one of your you know biggest challenges that you had in growing this organization and I guess how you overcame it. So yeah, so our, our our whole drive, you know, everything that we that we do, it all all is uh, dependent on the technology that we have available uh, to use in order to to leverage technology to spread Torah to the masses. It's all dependent on that technology. So as technology develops and changes and advances, we need to also we we must. If not, we'll be you know the technology that we use we'll is only as good as yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's very easy to you know fall um, by the wayside or to become obsolete because of the usability uh, of, you know, if we don't have the proper usability, uh, people aren't able to access the shirim with ease and it should be an enjoyable and fluid experience, then we're not doing our jobs and we're, we're losing out on that many more people that could be learning Torah. So um, that being said, we is needed to... The, just interject, is that the pressure that you guys have on yourselves? Like, is that what drives you when something goes wrong? You say, but hey, if we don't do this, it's going to be less Torah being learned? Always. Always. It's always the concern. Our goal is to spread a million hours of Torah learning every single month. And we know we can do it because we right now have a system that is so robust and it's so beautiful. It's built so well. And it, uh, you know, it's having such a, an impact that we know that it's in essence, if you, uh, you know, a comparison, it's like having a Ferrari with a supercharged engine. And, uh, you know, we need to just be able to drive it properly and the right roads and the right conditions and get the engine to be top speed. The machine is already there. It's built. We built this incredible platform for spreading Torah, but now it's about the marketing and it's about the new features that we can add to it to be able to, to accomplish the goals of making things more usable and more user-friendly and get more people excited and passionate about learning. And uh, it's, it's all the background. And the shirim are fantastic. They're fabulous. It's great. But there's a lot more that goes into it than just that. So you hit it on the head. That's exactly right. We're always concerned about, you know, how is this going to translate uh, into how much into more Torah is learned and how much more Torah is it going to have the impact on it? And furthermore, when we look at two different, we have to make a decision between taking two different directions, which one is going to have a greater impact on the cloud? Which one at the end of the day can we reasonably decide has, is going to be able to spread more Torah? And that's what drives um, our decisions. So did you have any type of inspirational figure or like a mentor or something that helped you guys along the way? Oh yeah, sure. It's a great question. First person instantly comes to mind is, uh, is an incredible, incredible yid and wonderful person. His name is Chesky Kauftal. Of course, everybody knows Chesky. Yeah, I mean, we met with him uh, about two and a half years ago uh, in his office. Was connected to him through another a friend of mine, and uh, Baruch Hashem, it was like it was magical. You know, he has such an impact in so many areas of Klal Yisrael. It's it's out of this world. It's so we're so impressed with all of his projects and everything he has going on. Um, he has a umbrella organization. It's called Mishkan Yecheskel, and uh, you know, it's, uh, I believe it's named after his uh, grandfather. And you know, it's tremendous uh, what he does, and he helped us to get over such a hump that we were, you know, seemed insurmountable. But we persisted over the years of trying to build a brand new interface for the website that we knew, yeah, would really have, uh, you know, the impact that it's having now, and that would be able to be scalable. And, I remember uh, your old site, and then you launched a new one. So that was because Yecheskel actually got involved and helped you guys out with that. Yes, absolutely. If it wasn't for him, I could tell you for sure the new site wouldn't be up and running. You know, wow. we'd still probably be working with, uh, you know, programmers and random different uh, outfits from uh, different places that we would get to like a certain place and then things would, you know, crash and burn and fall apart. And we'd go back to the drawing board and do it again and, you know, dust ourselves off and, you know, just get back on the horse and keep riding. And we did that over the years, more than eight times, if not 10 or 11 times, uh, you know, setting up a construct where we're, we're going to build a new site, we're going to make it amazing, it's going to be wonderful, uh, cross our T's, dot our I's, get everything in order, you know, and then it just wouldn't materialize. It wouldn't, we, we tried everything until we met uh, Reb Chesky and, and he, uh, he totally took us out of that place and uh, provided us with the resources that we need, the training, you know, and, and uh, he really, he, he has, all this close goes to him. Wow, it's amazing. I had no idea he was involved. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I hope he's uh, listening somewhere around the world, and uh, he knows. To, uh, I met him at the uh, Pernos Expo, and uh, he says he's going to do a podcast episode with us. So, you know, definitely people can be looking forward to that. All right, yeah, it should be tremendous. That should be true. It should be amazing. It's going to be. A, I can't wait to listen to that. So you have like one hundred forty thousand people coming every month, but 
Like, what is the potential of where this can go? Like, I mean, you're just getting started. There's so much you could do, but just from the, I mean, we haven't even talked about the not yet from world and, you know, what your plans are. And, you know, maybe some of the, we'll, we'll talk about some of the technologies or the features that are on your to-do list, but just from the firm world, you know, what's your goals? Well, Nachum, I got to tell you that looking at the demographics from um, things like the Pew Report, uh, you know, Hanan Gordon and then Richard Horowitz came out with this report, will, will your grandkids be Jewish? And, uh, you know, that's uh, more on the Kirov side of things. But looking at the demographics that are available to us, uh, knowing that there's, let's say, taking, you know, taking the stats that we know of, there's about 15 million uh, Yidin in the world, right, total. So uh, 0.03% of the world's population, roughly. And that's not 0.3, 0.03 of the whole, di- whole entire world's population. So we're not trying to be this behemoth, you know, giant monster of an of a organization that's uh, uh, reaching out to the world of the world population. We care about 15 million people. That's, uh, for the most part, who, for all the our, all our drive, all of our energy, everything, all of our passion. I'm saying you guys, is- you guys are not going to be happy till you reach all 15 million. It's not just the from world that you're going after, you know, right now or maybe down the line. Like Right. We have a responsibility. We have a complete achrayut. We have to be able to reach every single Jew. That There's no reason uh, that we would ever uh, stop and say, oh, we satisfied, you know, one corner of the Jewish world and we're okay and that's fine. You know, call it ambitious, but it's uh, it's realistic ambition. But isn't uh, because- right now the site and the shiur mostly geared towards from people or is there sections that are or marketing that goes into reaching the not yet from uh, people. Well, you bring up a, a challenge that we constantly are addressing and we're making, you know, making headway every day towards uh, creating a uh, solution, which is that when somebody comes to torinatime.com and they check out the classes that are available and depending on what background they're from or what, where their orientation is or what camp they feel comfortable with within uh, the Jewish world, uh, you know, they were running a, a big gamut. You know, we have a large, large audience um, from, you know, Reform Conservative Orthodox to, uh, you know, Mizrahi, Israeli, um, Spanish-speaking, French-speaking, Russian-speaking. We have, you know, talk about different conditions that we want to and need to meet in order to accomplish our goal of having everybody feel comfortable and wanting to learn as soon as, as they get to the site. It's, uh, it's a tall order to, so uh, to you, fill. You have Shurim in English, Hebrew, Spanish, French, Russian. I think I saw you have Yiddish. Yiddish as well, yep. So are, are there separate sites? Like, can you go to torinitime.com slash French and just have like a, a site that's all in French just for the French people and throughout all the other countries and languages, et cetera? So that's uh, part of the plan is, uh, you know, having the whole entire website translated into Spanish, having the whole entire site translated into French, um, even having uh, Shirin with subtitles, you know, so that we're taking specific ones and titling them out. We've, we have all these in the works, you know, all these. Uh, right. I mean, there's uh, a lot of Gadolin, a lot of Shirin that uh, are not accessible to the English speakers just because they can't, you know, keep up the language. But if you put up, you know, the translation, that, that's fantastic. Right. So that's uh, another whole other challenge and, and a whole other area that we're working in to address that uh, and make sure that people have the ability from, you know, it's culture and across the world that they're able to access it and be able to do that. But first things first, our main goal uh, and our drive is for, we are a video Torah learning website. We have our own equipment. They record video lectures. Um, we have over 150 cameras in the organization now that are operating on a regular basis. And, you know, we really truly believe that having an audio visual experience, even though uh, video takes a lot more storage and it takes more to stream, but having an audio visual experience, you know, the U.S. Department of Labor did a study and uh, they came to the conclusion that when you hear something and you see something uh, versus just hearing it, 
Uh, for example, if you're t- taking instruction on a certain uh, way to do something uh, and somebody just tells you how to do it versus somebody showing you how to do it and you hearing it, uh, so you have a visual that goes along with it, it's uh, 65% versus around 28%. So talking you about- this is an audio podcast, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but but if you could put up some visuals uh, you know, on, on the page, you know, that would be good too. Maybe it would increase it to like 30%. Maybe there's an old picture of me uh, babysitting you, you know, lying around somewhere. Oh, uh, okay. You could use that for blackmail, you know. <laughs> I might be pretty cute. I don't know. It might, uh, it might help things out. Uh, I'm pretty sure my son, you know, he, he looks, he's a spitting image of me when I was uh, about two years old now in Kananahara. Uh, he's a beautiful boy. And I saw a picture of me. It prompted me to look at uh, baby pictures of myself. And I said, wow, he is really, really cute. You know, he's a cute kid. And I'm like, I was, you he looks just kid. like me. You were it's a amazing. very cute kid. Everybody, Thank you. I mean, I, I mean, your name is Yosef now, but I remember you as little Joey. I mean, you know, Joey. That's D. right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and back on topic, the goal is that we have is to is to spread as much Torah to as many Jews as possible. But the way that we do it is through the use of the best technology that's available today. If somebody goes to school for technology nowadays. They're in a four year, let's say, college program for programming, uh, computer programming, or or anything that has to do with with IT. Uh, within two years the knowledge that they have is obsolete and it doesn't matter anymore because so much more technology has come out. Technology doubles every two years. So that's something that we're dealing with. Uh, besides for the website, we have our mobile app, which is the best mobile app on the market. You know, there's not even anything in the same class that does what it does. It's it's just as good as any, you know, non-from business-ended, uh, you know, company that spent millions of dollars on their app. We have the same functionality, the same features, the same technology in our app. The that, same that serum, the same 40,000 plus videos? And there's everything on the website is available on the mobile app. Wow. And it makes it so much more convenient to uh, access the information, access the shareM on your smartphone, on your devices that, uh, you know, when you're on the go. And uh, it's that much. We thought that by launching the mobile app that we would get less visits to the website. Right. And we launched it last year, which when we spent two and a half years developing the mobile app because we're not into, you know, putting something out unless we really believe and truly feel that it's it's proper and it's ready and it's, you know, tested. You know, the mobile app actually, it, it totally astounded us because putting out the mobile app didn't cause any of the website stats to go down. It only caused the website stats and the mobile app stats to go up. So we had so much more activity and so many more users because the app was out there. Um, and it was very counterintuitive to what we were expecting. Uh, wow. But when looking at, the, looking at the stats, I mean, it, it what, was... What are the stats here. like for, for mobile? Like how many, do you know how many installs you've had of the app? So we've, we had it's over 25,000. Um, it's a free app, completely free, yep, available on Apple and Android. And we don't have plans on making it available. A, a guy from my uh, show, he's always coming to me saying, no, when are you going to do the app for the BlackBerry? And I tell him, <laughs> I tell him, I said, Rami, you're the only person who has a BlackBerry, so it would only be for you. <laughs> but uh, those days, have, the, the ship has sailed. And uh, Android and iPhone, I mean, talk about you know having a huge chunk of the of the market and, and dominating the space. That's that's where we have the apps available. Totally free. Our whole entire, you know, one of our values or one of our core values is that Torah is free. Torah is a gift from Hashem and it, Hashem gave us the Torah as a present to enjoy and to dig into and to delve into and a Torah means instruction. It's instruction on how to live and to, uh, you know, to be connected to, to the Ebesh, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is exactly uh, what we model in our, you know, in our operations of the site and how we uh, run the site. So our philosophy is that we'll never charge for a shear. You'll never come to the site and say, you know, you have to pay a dollar to download this or you have to, you know, you, you must give a, a donation 
in order to it, that will never happen so you'll never have to so, pay for I, I think that's very commendable but i'm in the technology field a little bit and you know when you're hosting and streaming this amount of traffic and the mobile apps and the equipment and the technology and where's the money coming from if it's not coming from the users i mean and, and like the, the things that you talk about that you want to do in terms of translation and in terms of you know um putting up uh captions on, on sites and, and marketing and reaching a beer i mean if you had a budget of five million dollars it wouldn't be enough so like like how do you i guess make money or how i guess it's all donors like how, how do you do it exactly and a great question i'm really glad, really glad you asked um the take a, a non-profit look that looks just like a business and uh, you know, imagine that you have a business that's making a product and it's giving away all of its product for free. So the question I'm hearing you ask is, how could you be in business if you're making a product and just giving it away for free and, and what's coming back to you? You're just expecting people to just, you know, automatically jump on and say, hey, this is uh, sounds like a great idea. I'm going to I'm going to fund you. So the answer is no. We work hard fundraising and, and making asks from people and presenting the organization and, and the stats of what we do and the impact that we have on Klaus. So we're always looking for new partners that want to grab the, the spiritual merit and grab the zechut of being able to be part of this project. We're spreading 4 million hours of Torah learning every single year. Our budget right now is around $450,000 and we you know we, we make it happen. We pound the pavement. The, the way to do it is not, we feel, is not to uh, charge for the shirim because it would actually have a negative impact. And I'll tell you why. If you have all the people out there that we know of and many, many more that we don't know of that enjoy Torah anytime and that wouldn't put in their credit card information to spend a dollar for having to, you know, to being being forced to purchase this year. There would be so many people who are not in good financial situations or so many people overseas that don't want to deal with uh, the hassle of uh, putting in their information and dealing with uh, whatever goes along with that. It's just mental blockages to it. Our goal is to spread Torah in the quickest and most convenient, most easy and dare I say fun way possible. We want people to be inspired and so you, you want to even put up like a, a tip jar type thing like, hey, if you're, you're inspired by this year, you know, donate a dollar or something like that. We it's definitely would. We're actually about to implement something like that now with the system that underneath. I'm sure there are lots of. I'm sure there are thousands of people that would be more than happy to contribute. You know, people that listen to the shiurim all the time has an effect on them. You know, what you put in your information once, and then you know, just give a dollar tip or two dollars or whatever it is mm-hmm. every time you listen to something. I think there's a lot of people that would be more than happy to do it. Right, and you're 100 percent right. That's that's a, a important distinction to make. It's not that we're saying that that we wouldn't go out and collect. You know, uh, donations and, and funds to help us to do what we do in order to, uh, to do that. We 100% do, absolutely. But we won't f- ever force anybody right. to, to donate in order to. You don't to, want to be to, in their face either. You don't, you just like more subtle type of thing. Exactly. It's if if you feel hakar satov, if you feel that you benefited from a share on the site, if you want to help other people learn Torah, if you want to be involved in the most incredible mitzvah, Talmud Torah connected kulam. You know that we know we say it every morning in Shachris that uh, you know learning Torah is compared to all the other amazing mitzvahs combined. Learning right. Torah holds its own weight on the scale, along with the greatest mitzvahs you can imagine. Uh, you know, then jump on board. We're more than happy to uh, to bring you into the organization to explain to you everything that's going on, what we have going. On the projects that we're doing, we're a family. You know, we, we belong to Klal Yisrael. We're an extension of, we're the technological leg of of Klal Yisrael. You know, we want to make sure that we're getting Torah out to all corners of the world, and we have, uh, you know, we have our core operations. But like I said, we, you know, we always have uh, ability and, and reason to grow and to do more and uh, to do it even more more successful than we've been doing it now. Because uh, you know, you can being a successful entrepreneur yourself, which I hope your listeners know about your uh, illustrious background that uh, <laughs> I won't go into because uh, I know it's a podcast. 
podcast, but I know you're going to start blushing and I don't want to make that happen. And, you know, you've been inspirational to me and, and to Tor anytime and uh, in, in many ways beyond the, that you even know. But I'll tell you that, you know, core the key is, is that, you know, to always be looking at the positive and Litova of what we have good going for us, but to do what we call a SWOT analysis, you know, what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses? And it's like a constant state of, uh, of Musser, you know, that we're always uh, comfortable where we're at, but we're not comfortable where we're at because we know there's so much more to do and we have to grow. So uh, we know that Hashem gave us the kochot and to the energy to what? do what we do. Uh, we have to live up to that. One of the things, I mean, I've noticed that you don't put, and I wonder if this is by design, I'm sure you thought about it, but putting up like sponsored ads, you know, before a year or at the end of a year, you know, is that something that you thought about but decided not to do? Sure, we have like like pre rolls and post rolls. Right. Um, you know that capability would come with an ad server. We were looking into at, at a point, you know, putting it onto the site, and we, that was going to be our uh, model to actually uh, implement. And you know, we started out uh, doing it and going down that path, but we found for for our particular organization, um, for the space we were in that the uh, partners that we were working with that were supposed to be generating the ads and, and getting things going, it would never um, reach a place where uh, at the time we would be able to monetize it enough that the energy and the time that we were putting into managing it mm. would be worth the revenue that was coming back from it. And it goes along also, we don't want to distract people from learning. So if we're sending mm. traffic to businesses, we're more than happy to do that. We have you know sponsors that have businesses and we'll do things like put their uh, advertisements in email blasts or talk about, you know, this is the official sponsor of, you know, this is our official uh, video equipment of TorahAnytime.com, you know, mm-hmm. things like that that are more corporate sponsorships right. rather than advertisements like, you know, buy this or buy that. You know, people have done that, but also speaking to colleagues in the field. No, of, listen, I, I love it. I just, I, you know, I hear about the budget that you have and, and really how much more you need if you want to do everything you want to do. I'm just like, God, you got to make more money. You got to get some more money somehow. Absolutely. And it works on connections. It works on, on doing fundraisers. We have you know, fundraisers that we do on a regular, you know, rolling yearly basis. Uh, we do, you know, raffles and we have telephone campaigns. We have matching campaigns. Baruch Hashem, we have people who, you know, step up and uh, and say, you know, if we'll donate $25,000 if you can, you know, match it in this amount of time. And we say, okay, great. We'll get going. We'll get in gear. And, you know, we set it up and uh, we're always, always open to more suggestions, more ideas. And, you know, we'll never turn down any, any viable, any feasible, uh, you know, idea that would be silly. Uh, but we explore, you know, all the angles and all the options. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we, we do what we what we try and test, and we know it works. Uh, and it's always towards a, a goal of being being solid, being sustainable, and being solvent. Uh, we want to spend as much time as we can spreading Torah, and as least time as we can uh, doing anything else. So, uh, mm-hmm. but we of course take the time necessary to do the important things like fundraising because in Kemach in Torah, right? Literally. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, and that's uh, you know that's that's where we're holding as far as fundraising. But you know, the more we grow and the more people that we speak to, and uh, you know, this podcast is also excellent. I'm sure that a lot of people that are listening to it now will you know hopefully be inspired and and be able to know that we have many many openings. We're we're an open team. You know, we're a family. We like to welcome people in. We want people to uh, be in contact and be in touch. I'd love to personally sit down and meet people who have uh, the ability and the means to help and to help us to grow and. To really like catch on to what we're doing, and you know, hang on to the idea of using technology to spread Torah and impact so many lives. On it takes so yeah, little to do of, so much. We have a lot of great marketers and a lot of great entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. And so, if you're listening, you know, and you have an idea for turning in time, you know, definitely be in touch. I think what's the email info? I mean, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put everything and all the links in the show notes also. 
But was it uh, info at uh, TorahAnyTime.com? Sure, info at TorahAnyTime.com. I check it every single day. Uh, I'll get the message and, uh, you know, please reach out. We'd love to uh, to get something started and uh, be able to, to mobilize. Yeah, just a, one of the questions I wanted to ask you earlier. So, I mean, you, if you're recording, you have 150 different cameras out there. You're uploading 100 different shares a week. Who is recording them? And, and if I wanted to record shares in my city, how does that work? <laughs> Okay, so the way that Shirm get recorded are, uh, there's a few different arrangements that we have. For the most part, every single person who's recording a shear is a volunteer who is either going to the shear on a regular basis anyways and decides that, you know, they understand that by them bringing a camera and hitting a record button and hooking it up and getting it to an uploader, that we, uh, that they'll be able to reach thousands more people, you know, depending on the shear. Um, and we put a lot into these relationships, you know, we work out the logistics, we make sure that things are running smooth. We have a lot of uh, operations that are surround, uh, you know, just making sure that uh, equipment is is, uh, where it needs to be and also that it's working properly and, and that the quality of the shear is right. But to directly address the question, it's, uh, so it works out one way where people that are going to the shear anyway are, you know, are bringing a camera kit. It works out another way where a Talmud of a certain, uh, Rav or Rebbitson will say, you know, I love my Rav or Rebbitson so much and they need to be on, on, uh, tour anytime. They need to get out to the world. And so they'll come and contact us and say, listen, we're going to get a camera. We're going to take care of all of the considerations. Uh, you train us on your system and how, how to do it and we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, of course, we have we have a rabbinical board that uh, you know approves all of our speakers, and you know so it's a process. We can't mm-hmm. just uh, and like as I mentioned, uh, which is a very important point, we put a lot of energy uh, into our the relationships that we have with our speakers. We're not just uh, you like just a take YouTube. anything, put it up, and you're good to go. Right, we're not the YouTube of the Jewish world. Uh, we, you know, all of all of our speakers, we form partnerships with in the sense that uh, you know they're the best ambassadors for the organization. They're the best people who can uh, you know spread what we do and talk about what we do because they have the Talmudim that are going to be watching, and all the kavod, everything goes to the speakers, the Rebbeim, the Magid Shir that are on the site and, and uh, the, the wonderful Torah that they're spreading. We're just the pipeline for that and the conduit. So you know, we strategically set up the relationship so that we work with the the Rebbeim and the Magid Shir that that we. We can have that personal relationship with that we can connect with that understand what we're doing and are passionate about spreading it um, so for the most part that's our growth model you know of how we're going to get out there and how we're going to grow is, is making those it's more of strategic partnerships at this point and I'll tell you why it's because initially uh, we came from a very uh, I would say innocent place you know, a place where we just wanted to spread as much Torah to as many Jews as possible without taking any of any reality into consideration. What does that mean? That we didn't think that uh, by, you know, sending a camera to, uh, you know, all the corners of the world, sending cameras out everywhere in the whole entire uh, universe and allowing every single person that wants to be on the site to be on the site, that it would run us ragged. Uh, it would almost make us go broke and topple the whole entire organization. And we didn't have time for any personal life. You know, I mean, right. I can only tell you the amount of time and energy that we put in uh, you know, money was not even a consideration forget about getting paid um, we're just talking about getting sleep you know? <laughs> we just we were all over the place and it, it was you know it, it was a, it's a wild ride it was amazing you know that we did what we did and it helped us to grow but it also uh, it forced us to scale down and to be a lot more realistic about our goals and um, and mature it was really a maturing process so really your so. recordings are all done either in the US or Israel U.S., Israel, Canada. We have cameras in England, in London and Manchester. We have a camera in Brazil, in South Africa. Um, oh, wow. We have a camera in uh, Mexico City. We have a so few cameras. So this is scaling out. down? <laughs> 
Well, this is where we're at now that, uh, you know, we've already accomplished and what we've established already. Right. Um, as far as where we're growing to, it's just very uh, measured growth. It's very directed. It's uh, in line with our, our plan. And it's more common that we're uh, looking to go after um, speakers that we want to put on the site versus speakers coming to us and, and then us putting them up. It does happen. You know, it does happen um, in different ways and various ways, but it has to be a very comfortable, very a situation that flows, a situation that, that makes sense and it doesn't take um, that much of our uh, resources that, that we, we only have a limited amount of resources um, that we can invest in, in any uh, situation. So for all those reasons, you know, and, and more, you know, that's, that's how we operate. Okay. So let me ask you, I mean, we talked about, you know, some of the great things about the site, like one of the, uh, about features and about what's to come. I know one of the features that I loved, uh, and I, I just I guess it came out probably about six months ago or so, you can correct me, but that you can pick which Rebunim that uh, you want to follow and anytime a new share gets posted from that rub, you get an email saying, "Hey, a new share is put up by Rav Wallerstein or whoever it is that you're you're following," uh, which I think is absolutely fantastic. It's just like a it's a, a subtle reminder and uh, you know to come visit the site and to listen to the share, and you know you never miss uh, a share that's going up from somebody you want to listen to. Um, what other uh, features like are on the to do list? I guess in the next, let's say. 12 months to two years. So, yeah, the follow feature was, was amazing, um, you know, that we built it up. It's a way that we're able to take the content and bring it to you. The Torah comes to you, to your doorstep, to your inbox, rather than you having to check, you know, when you have a rub that, uh, that you love, that you want to see if a shear went up. And knowing that it's usually uploaded, you know, at 11 o'clock on a, on a Thursday morning because the shear was given on, uh, you know, Wednesday night. But now, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe this week it's 12 o'clock or maybe this week it went up at mm-hmm. 9 o'clock and you could have listened to it already and then, you, you, you know, you missed it. Whatever. So that is um, that's that feature. But the new features that we have are so revolutionary. I mean, uh, ones that I can that I can actually talk about that are in the works. Number one is uh, a feature that's a it's a referral uh, referral system where you'll be able to tag. Shirim, you'll be able to put your own tags on them um, because not only are we a great resource for people who just want to learn Torah, um, but we're also an incredible resource for people who are Torah teachers themselves. Um, you know, whether it's Kirov professionals or Bayim or Moras in, in any type of setting um, that are giving over knowledge. And uh, let's say, um, let's say Nachum, you're even preparing a you know a shear that you want to give uh, in your in your local uh, base medrash or you have a chabura of, of guys that you get together with, and uh, you know you want to give something over. And you need some material, or you know, you help you out. Looking if you just for a go story, to a place. You're looking for something that powerful. Exactly, exactly. And and so we want you to be able to come to Torah anytime, and not just search for a shear wow. based on title name and based on what the title is. Like, uh, okay, if it had to do with um, you know a main topic like halacha or um, you know or a parsha, but to drill down to the deep level where you're able to say, you know, I want to learn or I want to find information about particular um, or exactly so then you'll just be able to see like all the sharing that come up that talk wow that's that is brilliant i mean that's fantastic right now if you if you look on the site and you type in for brismila the only things that will come up are things that are going to be uh have brismila in the title uh in the title of the shear or you know somehow it was it was tagged but we the feature that we're talking about is allowing users to come to the site and to be able to they'll be uh, approved you know uh, taggers call them you know taggers they're content curators and creators and the people who are passionate about this will you know will uh, be approved to create tags for Shirim um, and that helps us with the need to have to uh, moderate every little thing that happens you know, by vetting the people beforehand right. and uh, and being able to to tag the specific 
shirim based on based on particular content. So then that will be searchable. All that will be searchable. Not only that, but we're talking about uh, it's going to be a, called a timeline tag. And what's that? A tag was just that you know the whole shear itself is under uh, that tag. But right. if you only you're not interested in watching a whole shear because uh, the speaker could have been talking about you know 13 different inyanim during that shear. You right. want to know specifically and drill down. You want search results that from this year, from a minute and 17 seconds until two minutes and 15 seconds, that this was what was spoken about. And when you click on that, you'll be able to skip right to that part of the shear. Oh my gosh. That, that will be what you'll be getting. And not only that, but That's all insane. the search results that you get will be from all different speakers to be able to, yeah, it's, uh, it's never been done before. Um, the tech is uh, involved to make it happen, and but we're working on it. We're, we're doing it, and uh, please God, it should, uh, it should come out and be able wow, to be that much more wow, wow. beneficial. That's incredible. So if someone tags something like a story about Hanukkah or like crazy story about Hanukkah and you could just come and search like story about Hanukkah and you'll see a thousand or a hundred or whatever it is different places where people tell us over a cool story about Hanukkah that's right it might be tagged as inspirational story might be tagged as well as Hanukkah so if you if you type into the search field Hanukkah inspirational story you know that particular tag will come up and it will it will always read the tags based on the uh, parameters that you set in the search field brilliant and we're like any other features that are coming up soon or Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's, I mean, we're working on, on a lot of uh, really amazing projects. Is it a time just, issue or money issue? Like what's holding back? Uh, you're just really ramping up. Yeah, it's uh, it's both. It's always time and money. And the only resources that we have, you know, available to do what we do um, that that really matter are time and, and money. I mean, manpower, of course. And uh, but we have an incredible tech team, and they have the capability of you know working uh, faster. You know, they could definitely be working. We could be managing more projects and doing you know doing more um, to the site. But you know, talk to any programmer, talk to any uh, web developer who's uh, you know worth their salt and really has good experience, and you know they'll tell you that there's always this balance that needs to be maintained uh, by by maintaining the the website you know just the maintenance and sure. the uh, you know the getting rid of there's every programming system has bugs from Google to Apple to you name it you know there's always bugs that need to be taken care of and then there's the fresh new technology that you're implementing so we've spent extensive time and energy setting up a testing environment that's a mirror of the original site so that we can then you know, be able to implement things as if they were already implemented All and live. right and test them in a in a very controlled manner and then be able to go live with them. So, you know, step by step we'll, we'll make it happen, but uh, yeah, absolutely the answer is if we had the uh the manpower, the resources, the time, the money to do it, you know, we we can make it happen definitely on a quicker timetable than we're doing it now. And where do you see yourself 10 years from now with Torani time? 10 years will be well past our uh, million hours per month goal. Right. Uh, my hope and dream and expectation uh, is that Mashiach will definitely be here by then. Huh. But that doesn't mean that we won't be using Torah anytime to learn Torah. You know, anything I've ever learned about uh, you know, Yumei Mashiach, it doesn't say anything about there not being computers or not being technology to, to learn. Uh, you know, things I'm sure will be much different than they are now, obviously. Right. But, you know, um, so I'm expecting to uh, to still be involved with, uh, with TorahAnytime.com. I'm expecting that uh, we'll have have you know the greatest impact that we can will continue I'm saying, to but be. do you see yourself being in a hundred countries do you see yourself having 50 different versions of the website do you see yourself you know the organization you know having 5,000 volunteers like with time and money where do you really want to bring this to 
So once we reach our, our whole goal that we're driving towards right now is a million hours a month. And that's with all the resources that we have in order to do that. And our goal is to do that within the next four years. Okay. So that's our four year plan. Beyond that, once we have that down, we can talk about, you know, going, taking it further. But uh, as far as having a 10 year plan, we really have a few not different. Not a plan, uh, just like sometimes you come up with the idea. I said, yeah, that's not for now. But, you know, you know, oh, we have, we'd, love, we'd love to do that. We have a document that would, I mean, it would, it would just knock your socks off. If you saw it, you would be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my. The one idea that I just, uh, you know, that I just threw out that, you know, we're implementing right now that's in the works. I mean, that's part of a lot bigger uh, project. Also, that's just like a phase one. Hmm. What I mentioned is a, of a bigger project that we're going to be doing. You know, like you mentioned, translation, uh, having most every year or the ones that are, you know, watched the most at least uh, or the ones that are the most impactful. Those will be, you know, transcribed different languages. There'll be you know, incredible features that, that I didn't even mention. I don't know if I even have time to mention them on this podcast, but uh, if anybody you know wants to contact me or if we could talk more about it later, uh, it'd be wonderful. I, I'm so passionate and I love talking about this, so it's, I could do it all day. Fantastic. So let me just ask you a couple of more just quick questions. One, if you could be in an elevator with anybody for 10 minutes, who would it be? Anybody. Anybody. Wow. <laughs> it's like saying- Yeah, I didn't you know, prep you for this one. What's your favorite song in the entire world? And you can only pick one. Well, it's an elevator. We could fit a few people in there, right? <laughs> yeah, but only only one's in there with you. You get stuck for 10 minutes. Ooh. I would want to talk to Davina Melech. I really know. would. Davina Melech. I mean, My wife also. I think she, that's who she would pick. <laughs> yeah, I would I would just ask him like a lot of questions, you know, as many as I can, in 10 minutes. But he's uh, you know, so inspirational. I mean, a million other names come to mind. Yosef Atzadik, Moshe Rabbeinu. I mean, you name it. Like... Uh, I would love 10 minutes in an elevator with any, any one of our gondolas. Well, someone from our generation? Our generation, um, I would... Uh, I would Besides pro- me, I, I, don't, I don't count. Oh, how, you, how did you know? I know, you know I me know, so no, well. Besides me. You know, I was gonna say, you know I was going to say? I just want to hang out in an elevator with you for 10 <laughs> minutes. It'd be amazing. So I would I would probably... This is, I have to think about this. I mean, it's uh, our generation, 10 minutes in an elevator. Pick one. No, two on the spot. Can't do it. <laughs> okay. You know what? You'll let me know later. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Anyway, you'll see, this has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, we could we seriously we could go on and on. Maybe we'll do a like a part two, you know, sometime and see where you're holding and see what's going on. But for now, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Really, call Kavod. When I say I'm jealous, you know I am. To be spending every day just spreading Torah and the ways you're doing. I mean, four million hours a year. I mean, that's just insane numbers. So really, call Kavod to you to the whole Torah Anytime team. To everybody that participates and helps and donors and, you know, people that are recording the Shiorim, really call it Kavod. You know, I can't wait to see this continue to grow. You know, I'm proud to call you my friend. You know, I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of, you know, the whole uh, company. It's really, really fantastic. And I wish you nothing but tremendous atzlacha and bracha. And, you know, I can't wait to see your continued success. No, I'm main first of all, and I can't let you end without giving it right back to you and saying that <laughs> how impressed and and it's amazing everything that you've built and that it, that you're also you know in line with following your yiud and your soul's purpose in this world. I can't think of another person who's more uh, driven and passionate about the klal and about doing amazing things with being able to take what we have in this world and elevate it and bring it to a better state and a greater place of being than you. And uh, I appreciate your time and for giving me this ability and this opportunity to have this forum 
to uh, you know to, to reach people. And I, I encourage everybody who's listening to uh, please feedback is key. Feedback is amazing. Reach out, get in touch with us. You know me, and I'm sure I could speak for you as well. You want to hear feedback, and, and uh, people should get involved. And, and uh, we love to collaborate, and we love to talk to people and get new ideas and see who's who's out there in the world who's like minded. So uh, please be in touch. Fantastic. Okay, Yosef, thank you so much, and we'll talk again soon. All right, Kaltu. Atzalacha. Bye. Thank you for listening to the From Entrepreneur Podcast with Nahum Kligman. We hope you learned something valuable and will share this with your friends. For show notes, archives of previous episodes, and more information to help you start and grow your business, please visit our website, www.fromentrepreneur.com. Listen, learn, be Masliach.